Simone Files, home to the world's biggest stars. Get your hands up. Live on your radio. And you can check us out on your socials. Your favorite person, Serena. Serena! <laughs> The Bellissimo Files on Spin. And now, your host, yeah. Serena Bellissimo. Good morning. How's it going? Hope you're having a great start to the weekend. We've got a massive Bellissimo Files on the way for you today. If you're a huge fan of Netflix's The Sandman, well, we'll be catching up with stars from the show, including the dream himself, um... That's the character he plays, Tom Sturridge. He's going to be telling us why the first couple of days on set were like a baptism of fire. If you're a fan of the Predator franchise, well, there's a new Predator film out called Prey. The star of Prey is Amber Mid-Thunder. I'll be chatting to her. And up next on the Bellissimo Files, I'll be introducing you to our one to watch, Zappo. So let's get straight into it. The Bellissimo Files. One to watch. This week's one to watch is a singer, songwriter, musician, producer who has said that genre-wise her music is a mixed bag. She co-founded The X Collective and this week released her latest tra- track, Big Song Blue, which has been described as a queer James Bond banger. It's Zaffo. Zaffo, great to have you on the show. Hello, thank you for having me back. Delighted to be here. Congrats on the single. I love how it's been described. Thank you. It was a lot of consideration over a lot of years. Like, I've been sitting with this track a lot, a long time. Really? And for a long, long time. This is probably... I wrote this song when I was in college, and that was in 2016. Where are we now? That's years six years ago. ago. So it would have been one of the first songs that I wrote. I got, I got this piano for free. Uh, it was on an ad in Super Queen at the time. It does, Super Queen doesn't even exist anymore. And my mom saw it and then we dropped this piano over to the house and it was one of the first, it was totally out of tune. It was a hundred year old piano. It was rubbish, but it was also perfect. And I wrote these chords and I remember just being like, what is this sound? What is this? What is this style? Yeah, that's where it was kind of boring, I guess. Yeah, but why wait six years? Like, why is now the time for you to release this? Because Big Song Blue is so weird and it's so different that I wanted to make sure that I had an audience when I put this on it because it's too special to me and it's probably, I would say it's fairly defining of my entire sound. I think that's when the Zaffo genre was born because I performed as Elle previous to that in college. Sweet singer, songwriter, acoustic guitar, like English accent, wannabe Laura Marling. And then I just, my, my teacher said to me one day, she was like, are you from London? I was like, no, nah, I'm from Rafferd. I'm like, she's like, why are you singing with a British accent? And she was like, find your voice. And then that question brought me into, right, find my voice. What is that? Find my sound. What is that? And because I love so many different genres of music, this is just at the very beginning. I was like, right, let's go down this electro world. And then I was like, but I like soul. I also like hip hop, but I also like funk. So I was like, let's try and like throw little bits of everything and just see if it feels right. And I just, we, me and my producer, Stephen McCann, we operated off our gut and nothing else. Like it didn't make sense, like in songwriting structure and format that I was learning in college, but didn't listen to that. I listened to my gut. And I love that you did that. And I love that you say as well, because you're, I know you went to college to study music, but when it comes to instruments and stuff, you are self-taught. And you said the fact that you're self-taught 
has helped you be more original. Tell me about that. I would say because I don't know all the rules, when I sit down with my other classmates and they're, they're music theory geniuses, they know, right, this follows this, follows this. I'm like, I don't know what follows what, but I'm going to play something until it feels good. So that's the way I generally would tend to operate it. You have to let like, your guide you. And then you also, like, since since college and in the years um, beyond that, I, I would say I've learned a huge amount in terms of, like, how to make things commercial or appealing with the concept, with the social element or appeal. Like there's so many areas that you have to consider. So Big Song Blue though came straight from my gut. It was just something pulled from the ether. And I'm really glad it's here. And I'm so happy that everyone can hear it finally. Like it's, I feel like really emotional today because like at one stage I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to put this song out because it doesn't match my other songs. Then I said, I don't care. Why do they have to match? Exactly. It's unique in itself. Oh, I, I love it and I'm thrilled that you put it out. So tell me, this is the third single from Correct. your debut album. So the debut album, it's going to have between 10 to 13 songs. It's it's nearly ready and like the reason why it's taken so long, this is seven years in the making, but I want to do this really right and to be a, like an independent artist, you have to self-fund everything along with everybody else paying around, paying your bills and all of that stuff and it's astronomically expensive. So what I'm doing is I'm just sitting with each song and I'm making sure that I have enough content to keep momentum. So put out a song every two months, put out a collaboration in between, join markets. Like that's that's kind of the aim for this. So the next song I'll be putting out will be a collaboration with Salaridamai, then I have one with Rhino Shocknessy and another with a, a producer called Restless and then a few other Zafo songs. So by the end of the year, you'll be sick of me, but I hope you're dancing uh, at some stage. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sick of anyone who makes me dance, what makes me feel and that's what you make me do with your you co-founded the X Collective and the X Collective are playing Electric Picnic. Woohoo! Yeah, we just got the news there confirmed the other day and it's 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 going to be on the Bacardi stage and we were told that it's the first time they've ever had a live band play this is. It's usually like a massive DJ like set, but um yeah, I'm so thrilled to say that we'll be having like a band of 15 people with a bunch of covers and some original songs that we've written together at our songwriting camp. So we're going to make it absolutely fire. And we just, we've just come back, hence my my uh, croaky voice from All Together Now. I'd like to say that's from singing my heart out, but that's from the pure filthy session. <laughs> so I'm still, <laughs> I'm still getting over that. But um, yeah, we're buzzing to, to get our bags packed and head down again and hopefully be all over the festival circuit next year. Like we are coming in hard and we're, we're growing still and we have lots of music to come out. So get ready. <laughs> Zafo, it's so exciting to see that there's so many things going on for you. If people want to follow you, find out what is going on. Keep up with everything. Give us your socials. So you can find me on Zafo Music and on all the social media channels and then Zafo. Just any, anywhere you listen to music, I'm there. Throw me a bleeding Instagram message, a follow, a like. All that stuff really, really helps for us independent artists at the start. So thank you. You, everybody for your support so far and zaffo is z-a-p-h-o that's me um zaffo thank you so much for joining us today thank you so much for having me on before i let you go will you introduce your latest banger of a track for us hey guys this is zaffo and you're listening to big song blue on the bellissimo files what do we do You're listening to the Blissimo Files on Spin. Yesterday, there was lots of excitement from the Sandman fans as 
30 years after Neil Gaiman started writing his graphic novel, Netflix finally brought it to life with their series, The Sandman. Starring as Dream is Tom Sturridge and his mate in the film, in the series, Lucien, is Vivian Achampong. I caught up with them to find out how they feel about the series. Tom and Vivian, great to meet you both. You too. Hey, Serena. How are you doing? Tom, about 200 people auditioned for your part and then Neil saw you and he says... This part was made for Tom. Tom was made for this part. When you were auditioning, did you know how many people were going for it? And did you think this was yours? I think that was the that was the beginning, but it, but over it took about eight months, and I think there were it was more there were like six thousand people yeah. in the end. Did I know it was mine? I certainly didn't know it was mine. Um, but I, I'm such a profound fan of Sandman that as a fan, it was incredibly important to me that that. However, they made the decision upon their Morpheus. They did it with rigor and they took time so that whoever was going to play it, when they were given the part, they knew that they had the support of and the true understanding of the, of its creator, Neil. And so what was a complicated and long process actually was one of the most perfect ways to prepare because it meant that when I started, I knew that Neil wanted to me. Vivian, usually when you get a part, the first thing you do is go and celebrate with people or, you know, find a way to celebrate. But during lockdown, how do you celebrate getting a part when you can't go and see anybody? Um, I think I, yeah, it, uh, God, that's such a good question. Uh, it's throwing a bit. Um, you just Zoomed some you just, people. Just Zoom some people, make some <laughs> phone calls. Got a FaceTime. Yeah, try to explain to your mum. Shout out the window. Like, so it's something about dreams. I was like, look, let's just let's just do this zoom and have the have the glass. But uh, yeah, just kind of joyfully celebrate and just be like, oh my god, is this real? Yeah, maybe treat yourself to a bit of Netflix. Like. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Tom, I think it's in the opening episode. The narrator says, "Sleep brings you here to find freedom and adventure, to face your fears and fantasies." Mm-hmm. Day one, first couple of days on set for you, what was it like turning up and having to go into this glass case and be stark naked in front of people you'd never met before? I mean, it was certainly a baptism of fire. Um, <laughs> firstly, obviously, as you've just spoken about, it was a, it was a, a time when COVID was at its most virulent and everyone was being exquisitely responsible um and the glass dome was actually the most covid safe environment on set um the thing that the thing the thing that that was i mean look i'm a human being it's obviously just mortifying um but i knew that i was going to be um naked i knew the images from the comic i knew that i wasn't going to speak for the first 45 minutes of the show and that somehow with my physicality i had to kind of articulate his inhumanity the fact that he is an endless and so actually a huge part of my early preparation was the kind of training to like get into this sort of because dream is not He's, he's just sinew and bone. He's like a, like I always imagined, like if you shaved a panther, it's like the, the years of the eons of energy have like wasted away all his flesh. And so it was kind of weird. Normally when you like prep for something like this, you're just trying to look like muscly and cool. Like and I wanted to look like a sort of weirdo. <laughs> um, so there, there was that. And then, the, and then the other thing that was, that was kind of difficult about it was that that, that dome took 
too long to open up to get me out of it. So like normally in between setups, you'd like go and sit in the corner or whatever, but they couldn't get me out of the dome. So everyone's like milling around, having a coffee, like while the camera moves around, I'm literally naked in the dome. <laughs> just going, like, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it is what it is. It was a job. Well, look, it all worked perfectly on set. Tom and Vivian, enjoy all of this and what lays ahead of you after August 5. Oh, oh thank, thank you, you so much. much. So lovely to meet Pleasure you. You can catch Tom and Vivian in Netflix as a Sandman. It is streaming now on Netflix, 10 episodes long. I'll give you um, a bit of a tip. Don't do what I did. Don't be watching it before you go to bed. It freaked me right out. Let's go! What to watch. What to watch. Joining me on the line now is our very own Deidre Malumbi. Dee, how's it going? Going very well, Serena. How are you? I'm good. It's a different week this week. This week we're prepping people for next week. Yeah? We're going to give them some movie suggestions. That's right. So I saw, um, I got to preview two movies this week, which are actually out next Friday, but they're both so, so good. I was like, we have to talk about them on the show, Serena. <laughs> well, let's start with Nope. Um, I, I'm kicking myself because I haven't seen any of Jordan Peele's stuff because I am petrified and I really want to. Will Nope be the first thing that I go near? Ooh, it's hard to say because nope. I know, Serena, you're not. <laughs> Nope, is the answer. Nope. Um, yeah, if you're not great with heart, now it's probably his least scary out of, um, you know, Get Out and Us and Nope. But it's still, it's it's got its moments that are kind of creepy. So what is happening in Nope? Yeah, so I'll just give you a brief summary. It's best to go into this as blind as possible. But we're essentially following this brother and sister who work as horse wranglers on this uh, California ranch. They're trying to find out the mystery of this thing that's in the sky that's haunting their horses. And at the same time, they get the help of a local tech guy. And they also try to dissuade a local celebrity and theme park owner. Let's take a clip. What if I told you that today... You'll leave here different. Fox. Fox. I'm talking to you. Bro, what do you see? Something above the clouds. I clipped there from Nope. Now, I have to say, that's not even scary and I'm freaked out by that. As I said going into this, I wish I could sit through it because everyone raves about Jordan Peele's movies. Yeah, that's just it. I mean, like I said, it, it's not, it's probably the least horror of them, but it's still got some pretty uh, sinister elements in there. It's almost kind of a blend between horror and sci-fi and even Westerns. You know, you've got that Western imagery in there between the horses and the cowboy hats, um, that beautiful Californian landscape as well. And that's part of what um, Jordan Peele is so good at, is that he does blend these genres and he takes his stories in directions that you never quite expect. And they're just so they're such original stories and characters that you become completely immersed in this world. Um, I saw this movie this week and I feel like I'm still kind of mulling it over. So, you know, other people have asked me, is it as good as Get Out or Us? Because those are both such extraordinary movies. It's kind of hard to say at this point because I'm still figuring it out because I'd almost say that this is probably more ambitious and more mysterious even than either of those movies. Um, but I was absolutely blown away by it. And I think that of all his movies, this is the one that deserves to be seen on the biggest screen possible because visually it's really, really um, impressive as well. Wow. Okay, what are you going to give this one out of five? I'm going to give it four out of five stars. Okay, now, 
don't run to the cinema to watch this this week because this is not out in cinemas until Friday. But I'd suggest probably booking tickets because this is going to be the one that everyone's going to want to watch. But another one, Dee, that is out next week is Where is Anne Frank? Yeah, so often you'll find that there's kind of counter-programming, so you have like a big blockbuster out as kind of at the same time as this kind of indie darling. And Whereas Anne Frank is absolutely lovely, and I think you'd really enjoy it, Serena, because there's no horror to this <laughs> whatsoever. Um, but I mean, it is a still kind of really uh, deep and thought-provoking movie. So essentially in this film, it imagines what if Kitty, who, if anybody has read the diary of Anne Frank, she is the uh, fictional girl who Anne Frank writes to in her diary. It imagines what if Kitty he uh, came to life in the modern era so she's kind of um, running all around um, Amsterdam trying to unravel the mystery of who Anne Frank is um, also the mystery of who she, Kitty herself is and also what to do next in this uh, brave new world and era. Let's take a clip It was all so wonderful but then everything changed the Nazis came to power in Germany and then they took over most of Europe and marked us Jews as the villains They told everyone we were to blame for all the world's problems, disease, hunger, poverty, you name it. Dee, who would see this at the cinema? Yeah, it's kind of a tough one because it's interesting, even though it's in an animation style, um, this does have like quite um, kind of grown-up themes to it. I mean, I would recommend probably not very young children, but slightly older children could probably go and see it because it's not like there's anything, you know, inappropriate or anything in it, but it does have obviously quite, um, you know, um, uh, deep themes with regards to looking at the Holocaust. And it does actually reveal, you know, eventually what happened to Anne Frank and her family. And uh, Kitty is quite distraught by this. It's the same uh, director who did Waltz with Bashir, so if anybody has seen that film, that'll kind of give you an idea of what's going on in this. Um, But at that, I found it a really, really beautiful movie. It's emotional and haunting. It's sweet. It's tender. Um, I thought it was absolutely beautiful to look at. It's got a gorgeous soundtrack. And um, another element I found really interesting in it, which I think is like so relevant to the contemporary era, is that it actually has this commentary on the refugee crisis in it, um, which I found really deeply moving as well so I think that this is a phenomenal movie as well it's like I said it's not going to be for anyone but um, I think that it's well worth checking out well there's two really good clips there we go we're forward planned next weekend for you DJ Malumbi thanks a million for that thanks for having me if you want to know what else is in cinemas this weekend you know what to do tune in to Gordon Hayden's We Love Movies tomorrow from 8 o'clock still to come on the Blissimo Files I'll be catching up with Prey star Amber Midthunder. But up next, we'll be catch, uh, chatting to Jack Yarrow, who is bringing Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat here to Dublin. The Bellissimo Files. Favourite thing. Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat is coming to the Borgosh Energy Theatre from the 9th to the 27th of August. Wearing the Dreamcoat is Olivier-nominated Jack Yarrow. Jack joins me now to tell us what we can expect from the show and, of course, share his favourite things. Jack, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Jack, why do you love putting on that Dreamcoat? It's just such an honour. I mean, I'd go as far as to say as Joseph is probably the most well-known musical in this country. I mean, it's... It's so famous and it's it holds a special place in everyone's heart. And so to be able to kind of join the lineup of guys that have played the role before and do it in a completely different way because our production is completely reimagined, one-of-a-kind production. 
um, it's just a massive, massive honour, and I'm I'm very grateful to still be to still be wearing the coat. The fact that it is reimagined does that take some of the pressure off? Because you mentioned some of the guys, Philip Schofield, Jason Donovan, are two that are famously known for wearing that dream coat. Yeah, it definitely takes the pressure off. I mean, it didn't initially when I first got the job, and it was my first job out of school, so that was kind of enough pressure. But then to kind of get my head around the fact that it was Joseph and it was at the Palladium, which is Joseph's spiritual kind of home that was a lot of pressure but then as soon as I met with our director Lawrence who told me that he wanted a completely different version of Joseph he didn't want it to be like anyone else's Joseph before that was a huge weight off my shoulders because there's only one Jason Donovan and there's only one Philip Schofield you know and I wasn't about to come on stage and and try and do an impersonation so uh so yeah that that was a, that was a bit of a relief well and there's only one Jack Yarrow who basically <laughs> nailed it and you got nominated for an Olivier award how does that feel it was wild. I mean it was wild from the space of I think I got the job yeah I got the job in March on my birthday on my 21st birthday oh, wow I know it kind of worked out amazingly and then got thrown into rehearsal about three weeks later um, and from the day we started rehearsals until the pandemic kind of hit it was just this crazy whirlwind that was kind of non-stop and it was you know nominations for the show and opportunities for me to be able to do you know little tv things and i was lucky enough to receive the uh, stage debut award in 2019 and it was just kind of this snowball of amazing opportunities that were really things that i hadn't even dreamt of because i've wanted to be in this industry since i was about six years old so to come into it and come into it in the way that I was able to with Joseph and then to kind of have the industry say, yeah, you know, you are worthy of being here and, and welcome and, you know, you're one of us now was everything that I've ever wanted since I was a kid. So it was it was a lot to get my head around, but just the most amazing, amazing time. And now you're touring it, you're bringing it to Dublin. What can Dublin audiences expect? Yeah, well, they can expect no expense spared. It's lavish sets and beautiful costumes. You've got a new dream coat that's just beautiful to look at. I mean, Morgan Large, our designer, has just completely reinvented the wheel. You've got the amazing Lindsay Haightley as our narrator, who was the narrator with Jason at the Palladium in 1991. And she's just magical and she brings something so special to the show and audiences just fall in love with her. So if you don't know her when you get into the building, you'll certainly know her when you leave. It's just an amazing, amazing night out, I think. Well, we want to get to know the guy behind Joseph. So Jack, are you ready to share your favourite things with us? I am. What TV show are you obsessing over right now? I am obsessed with, can I give you two? I'm obsessed with Queer Eye and I'm obsessed with How to Get Away with murder on netflix how to get away with murder yeah have you not heard of it yes i was gonna say that's a few years old and i have to admit i, watched I know the, i watched the first season loved it and then i've sort of not gone back to it should i go back to it and finish it off? oh you should one thousand okay. percent go back to it i mean i was so late to the how to get away with murder party i started watching it about a year ago and it's taken me a year to kind of get through all i think there's six seasons or seven seasons yes and it's brilliant i think viola davis is just the most sensational actress ever i mean she's my meryl streep she's brilliant okay i'm going She's back to beyond. that um <laughs> favorite film the devil wears prada i'm not ashamed to admit do you have a favorite book right now i'm reading an amazing book called wishcraft and it's by shauna cummings and it's all about manifestation and how to manifest things that you want in your life what song should everyone have on their pumped up playlist? Actually, I'm going to ask you this in a different way. Do you have a song that you put on before you get onto stage? Do you know what? At the moment, I've been listening to Marley Cyrus's cover of Edge of Midnight. It's so good, cool, isn't on, it? It's amazing. All of that, that whole new album. I think you're going to ask me what my favourite album is too, yes. right? Yeah. And is it's it definitely Miley? that one. It's definitely that one right now. The Attention album, Miley Cyrus's new live album. It's amazing. It's just, it gets me so pumped. I listen to it at the gym. I listen to it before the show. It's great. What 
podcast are you listening to right now? I'm only listening to one podcast, and it is a friend of mine. So actually, Bobby Winderbank, who's playing the Pharaoh in yeah. Dublin, um, he has a podcast called Fit to Talk, mm-hmm. and it's all about fitness and healthy living and how to kind of fit fitness around your busy lifestyle. And he brings different perform. It's kind of aimed at performers, but anyone can listen to it and take tips. But uh, but he gets different musical theatre performers on the, the show to talk about their fitness journeys and what they do to stay in shape. And it's actually really inspiring and really useful. So it's it's fit to talk if anyone wants to give it a listen. What app can't you live without? I'd like to be honest and say there are no apps that I could live without, but I don't That's think that truth. is good. I'm going to say WhatsApp because I'm a big texter. I'm a big phone caller. I'm always on the phone. My company manager actually made a joke yesterday and said, are you ever off your phone? Because I'm just always on the phone to people. <laughs> Favourite account to follow on social media? I follow this amazing account on Instagram called 50s cartoons mm-hmm. and they just post these reels and videos and pictures of all these vintage cartoons from the 50s like vintage disney cartoons vintage like whatever and it's so cute and it's like a proper a proper little throwback it's lovely I, I'm, I'm adding i'm adding that to my list and your favorite yeah. thing to do on a weekend my favorite thing to do at the weekend i've so i've got a dog i have a little two-year-old french bulldog um who travels around with me on tour and my favorite thing to do at the weekend is to just take a stroll on the beach or wherever we are in the country have some good food catch up with some friends from the show outside of work and walk the dog and just kind of let him do his thing the, the, the day off on sunday is kind of the dog's day as long as we're not traveling sometimes we're traveling on our day off but yeah just hang out with my dog that's my favorite thing to do well hopefully you and your dog can discover some great new places while you're here in dublin yeah as I said, I can't wait. joseph and the amazing technicolor dream coat is at the board gosh energy theater from the 9th to the 27th of august and jack we can't wait to see you there oh i can't wait to be there thank you so much Three, two, one. Let's go. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. Now, Prey. It is on Disney Plus now. If you're going, Prey, what is Prey? Well, it's part of the Predator franchise, which started back in 1987 with Arnold Schwarzenegger. We've had Predator, Predator 2, Predators, The Predator, and now we have Prey. Basically, this is the origin story of Predator in the world of the Comanche Nation three years ago. Amber Midthunder plays Nauru, a skilled film female warrior who fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved predators to land on Earth. I caught up with her to feel to ask her how she feels about being part of this franchise. Amber, great to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you. Amber, you first auditioned for this part in early 2020. It goes away, it comes back, you're asked to audition again, and you start crying, I heard, but not tears <laughs> of joy, key tears <laughs> of fear. Why is that? Um, I honestly don't know. I love that the story is traveling around. Um, uh, it's because I keep talking about it. No, I don't really know. Actually, I was just like, it was just so much anxiety. I just, somebody told me and I just immediately started crying. I think the, probably like when I think about it, it's probably just like the responsibility, you know, like understanding. I think the more that something stays vague, the more that like the buildup of like whatever it must be, you know, like that kind of compiles and then finding out it was just this like, ah, you know, and like really kind of gluing my brain to the concept of like everything this would be and the idea that there were no more mysteries. But also that meant that like, okay, now everything has to be like fulfilled and followed through with. Because, you know, there are a tremendous amount of of big things being accomplished in this movie. So to like see them all at once, I think was, was very overwhelming. Well, you're talking about, you know, the fact that there'll be no more mysteries and stuff. And you'd think Dan would give you the news in a really fabulous way, but he adds more mystery to whether or not you got the part. <laughs> <laughs> like, how are you feeling? 
when you take that call, are you thinking, did I, did I not get the part? It was not, the phone call was not about like, did you get the part? He called, he did this to both Dakota and I, he gave me, I don't, I forget what he said to Dakota, but he gave me a riddle. Yeah. Um, Which I know we both failed. <laughs> and he said like, he said something like, if you had to get somewhere by air, what would you take? And I was like, a hang glider. And he was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, uh, he was like, it has a motor. What would you say? And I was like, a hang glider with a motor. And he was like, no, you're supposed to take it to the chopper because you're the new Arnold. And I was like, oh, oh, you know, it like kind of set in. But, um, you know, now it's funny to laugh at. In this film, uh, Nauru actually says, I've been practicing. It's time. I'm ready. Before you could say those words, you had to, there was lots of practice that you had to do. Tell me about that four-week boot camp. How intense was that? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we were there every morning to every evening and there was weapons training. So, like, we had, you know, archery and the tomahawk and lance and knives and stuff like that. And then the stunt team was there and they were kind of, like, putting the fights together and cycling people through whoever like had stuff with them would like go in and put together their fights or learn or, you know, do things like that. And then we had like a personal training element um, as well as like, we developed a sign language for the movie that was based on like real Comanche sign language. Um, And we just like ran drills and practiced and, you know, tried to get as ready as possible. So you did the practice, you got ready, you made the film and now the posters start being released with your face on them, Amber. How does that feel? Like, I know you knew what you were doing. I know you knew you were making a movie. But then to actually see the posters coming out and to know that people are actually going to watch you. Um, yeah, that's kind of weird to think about. Uh, I, I'm very like surprised. I mean, all the artwork is super cool. Like I feel very fortunate that it's like everything about this movie is not just like, oh, a very cool action movie or like a very meaningful one, but it's also like so pretty to look at. Um, and I think our artwork is the same, but yeah, when I saw the poster, like the one that has like my face on, I just spent so long being like, (gasps) you know, like, I think it's like slowly sinking in the fact that this movie like is a predator film because like in my brain it was just this like you know we were like isolated in Canada when we were shooting it like the borders were closed and it was just us so it felt very like you know we're just like in the woods just like doing a thing together like it didn't all kind of live in my brain all at once it was very like each day we wake up and sometimes we go in a river and sometimes we go in a mud pit sometimes we do this and then now it's like looking back and being like oh wow like all that was like this you know well now it's out there for all of us to enjoy the reviews have been amazing people are calling you badass you're amazing how does that feel and finally do you think this means it's the start of a new franchise starring yourself (laughs) um I have no clue but it feels honestly I mean surreal of course but like that to me just doesn't, it doesn't sound like a real thing. I'm like, hey, yeah, somebody like, my mom wrote a bunch of headlines and then sent them to me, you know? Um, but like, it's more so, I think, meaningful and a relief in the sense of like, the biggest thing to me about this was wanting to do a good job at representing Comanche people and indigenous people, especially women well. And so to have feedback like that and have people like it or like the character 
is like small pieces of confirmation that hopefully the goal is like being accomplished on some level. And that to me is what means the most about it. Amber, you achieved it on many levels. So enjoy all of this. Thank you. If you are a fan of the Predator series, um, you will actually series franchise you will actually enjoy this it is playing now streaming on disney plus a lot of people are asking why didn't it go straight to the cinema so hopefully if it does really really well on disney plus we might see it at the cinema something that we will what that we did see yesterday actually was niall horan and lewis capaldi busking on grafton street how did that all happen well the man that we're busking with, Jacob Koopman, is going to be chatting to us all about that after Anne-Marie and Little Mix. Break, 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 break it down. The Files. What did I miss? Five, four, three, two, one. Joining me in studio now is producer Aoife. Aoife, a lot was going on yesterday. There really was. I don't know what it is about Grafton Street in Dublin. It just has a sense of magic to it, and magic things always happen there. If you were on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, anywhere last night, you might have seen... Our very own Niall Horan, but also Lewis Capaldi took to the streets in Dublin to sing a few songs, which is just crazy. At the top of Grafton Street, which is right around the uh, corner from where we are right now. So I was raging that I missed it. I was so, so sad I missed it. But the big question that's been in my head is, how did this happen? Yeah, because it wasn't just them. They were actually busking with Jacob Copeman. Yes, and I managed to track him down. (laughs) You did, and we have him on the line now. Jacob, thanks for joining us. Hi, Eva. Hi, Serena. How are you getting on? The, the question is, how are you getting on? <laughs> like, what is going I, on? Yeah, like I, you asked me to how to pronounce my name. I just can't cope, man. It's also pronounced Koopman as well. I think people know me as Koopman. But, uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's just been such an exhilarating experience. And um, I just, yeah, I'm out of words to really say. Over the moon, well, to say the least. Jacob... <laughs> How did it happen? Because as Aoife said, it was appearing on all of our socials and we're all going, this is great. But how does it happen? Was it pre-planned or did it just happen? So I was just told by my booking agent to busk as normal at a certain time. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know who was going to be there. But uh, I realised there was just like a a, a bigger crowd was kind of going before I even played. You know, I didn't understand why. Anyways, (laughs) I played my set. And there they were behind me after a couple of songs playing, and I just lost it. <laughs> but uh, I still kept it together and played with them as well. They're really nice guys. Uh, Louis Capaldi and I are just amazing artists, like, seriously. So they literally, you went out there, you played your set, and you were given no... Did you know that something was going to happen? I know. I knew something was going to happen, but I wasn't told exactly the details. And so I was just playing, you know, I don't know, somehow the city council was involved also. And, you know, so I was like, yeah, this is going to be pretty big. Wow. And, uh, yeah, we're just trying to keep it, keep it together, that's for sure. Yeah, so what was your reaction when you turned around and saw them? You must have just... I mean, yeah, it was, I don't know, flabbergasted, I guess that's the word. <laughs> just... <laughs> Out of like, I was just so excited also to see them, like you know, um, it's just it's such a surreal experience to see like, you know, I've been singing these uh, songs from them uh, for a long time, and there they are, the people who you know created these things, and to me that's just mental. And am I right in saying? Did I see on your Instagram you've been busking for around ten years on Grafton Street? I have, yeah, I've actually wow. been here since I was well, I was twenty one. And I'm 30 now, so, yeah, like around 9 to 10 years almost. 
You just it's, never know what's going to happen on Grafton Street. You never know what's going to happen. That's it. Grafton Street is just a place of surprises. That's well, for sure. It, it, they're not your first famous encounter you've had. Tell me about Tony Hawk. Oh, Tony Hawk was just around. Uh, I think it was just around last week, and uh, I was I was really surprised that nobody noticed him because I mean I got into skate and all that stuff. Um, you know, as a teenager, I think he was a lot of people's childhood hero. You know, and um, it's just crazy that nobody noticed him. He tipped me a tenner. Oh, oh wow! And, <laughs> yeah, and I was just like Tony, like as if nobody's realizing this right now. Hey, would you mind taking a picture? And uh, he left. So I was like, okay, that's that's about it. But he actually came back uh, after my set to be like, here, such a humble guy. So, wow. Uh, yeah. Did uh, uh-huh. did Niall or Lewis give you any any tips? <laughs> uh, they gave me tips on like how to become a better musician, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you did you find that the tip jar was a bit fuller yesterday after that massive crowd? Uh, the tip jar was closed because Niall Horan accidentally tripped over it. No. <laughs> So there was just that. So I was like, yeah, that's okay. So, um, but it wasn't really for the money or anything like that. It was just like, look, you know, I'm, I'm busking with these two legends. So, uh, yeah, that's that's all that matters, really. You know. And how has it always, been? I can always bust tomorrow or, or whatever. So. <laughs> how has it been online for yourself since then? Like, what has the reaction been like? Have you had the, the Niall Horn crazy fans coming after you? crazy yeah they're all um well just my phone's been blowing up since last night already i mean like i literally took i had somebody try to take a video for me as well so i could upload it and never got the chance to everybody already uploaded everything you know so i was like well that's it then um you know i just hope they credited me or whatever you know somehow so i can get a little bit but yeah no I, it, and my phone's been blowing up ever since um that happened last night and if people want to catch you performing again, I believe you have a gig coming up later this month. I do. I was like, uh, I don't usually have too many gigs, but uh, yeah. So I have a gig uh, on the 19th of August in the Sound House. That's on the Keys um, from 7 p.m. onwards. So uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to plug that with you guys if that's okay. <laughs> and so Jacob, I want to know, when it all finished, what happened? Because we didn't see, you know, the crowd dispersing. What happened? Did you go away with the guys? Did you have a chat? What did you guys do? Well, I had a chat with uh, them. I think they were doing something, I, I, I can't really say. I think it's it's for a Guinness thing. And I think the ambassador of, of, of Guinness Storehouse came to me and gave me a free shirt. And I was like, oh, wow, thanks. Um, but I think they had to leave because I think there was a lot of crazy fans and a lot of bouncers were there, a lot of um, security and everything. Because they just started getting a little bit hectic. So I just hugged them and, and said goodbye. Well, what an experience, Jacob. If I you, didn't know. <laughs> if, if people did miss it, um, give us your social handles. Uh, it's Jakumaru, J-A-K-U-M-A-R-U on Instagram and Jacob Koopman on everything else. And it is all up there. As you said, you've got a gig coming up. But will we see you back uh, busking on Grafton Street with you some others? You'll see me, yeah. yeah. I'll probably be, be there on the weekends. Who knows? <laughs> Another famous musician might come or... Another famous actor or something. I don't know. Garden <laughs> Street is full of surprises, you know. Well, listen. There's, everybody goes there. Well, Jacob, uh, congratulations. Enjoy all of this. And Thank thanks you. for the music because you are fabulous. I, I do my best. I do my best. <laughs> thanks, Jacob. Thanks a million for having me. Bye. I hope you have a lovely day. Thanks. Bye-bye.
Eva. Wow. How do they keep their composure? Because like, I don't know. If 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 Niall, Cap- Niall Capaldi, said, I've just lost it talking about it. But if Lewis Capaldi and Niall Horan just appeared in studio, I'd be going. I don't know what to do right now. Well, I do have a little bit of a scoop for people. If what, they're here, I wish. <laughs> if you do want to catch them, you might be. I have a feeling they might head towards Mullingar today. So if you are around that area or you're heading up to that area for the Fla, you might get your eyes on them. Who knows? Wow. Okay. Now that. That's after the show. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Aoife, thanks a million for that. Great to take, uh, chat to Kate Jacob. As he, as he said, you can follow him on his Insta, uh, on his socials as well and find out what he's up to. Three, two, one. Let's go. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. Earlier on in the show, I had Tom Sturridge and Vivian Achempong talk about their roles in the Sandman, which is now streaming on Netflix. It's a 10-episode series. I was going to try and describe it myself, but I really can't describe it. I know it's based on a graphic novel by Neil Gaiman. So I'm going to take the official um, synopsis of The Sandman. Basically, it centres around Dream. Upon escaping after decades of being imprisoned by a mortal wizard, Dream, the personification of dreams, sets about to reclaim his lost equipment. Two of the co-stars in The Sandman are Venusu Samanye and Razan Jamal. They play Rose Walker and Litter. Let's find out a bit more about them. Ladies, so lovely to meet you both. Lovely to meet you. Vanessa, this is one of your first major roles. What a series to start it off with. Yes, it's I'm very blessed. I'm very thankful. It is amazing. It's an amazing property, um, amazing minds behind it. And I've just I've found that like as we've been, you know, doing press and revisiting you know what the comics are and what they're about and hearing Neil talk I'm kind of in awe I'm just like wow this is <laughs> this is really something and Neil is something to have created this. Razan, how much do you know about this world before you went into it? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm very honest no I did not know a lot um, because you know when you're going through the casting process it's not it's secret you don't necessarily have a full scope of what's going on until you get very close and then I started digging into the world and honestly it's amazing. Razan, you know you did film this in lockdown during a pandemic yes. but now you're releasing this when everyone's back together again in the world. The fans are at the edge of their seats. How are you feeling handing this over? Honestly amazing but if I'm really honest with you and I have yeah, to say on. this you know, I protect myself in a way by not putting too much importance. Like I protect myself by knowing that I did the best that I can and you, you had your little baby and you released it into the world and then you have to just let it go and not necessarily feel attached to it. Obviously, there's going to be like, oh my God, are they going to like it or not? But at the same time, I just, I have a feeling that they are and I really hope they do. And if they don't, I respect their freedom not to, but I'm, I'm disattached a little bit because it's a way of protecting myself. You just do it, it's gone, and now it's going to get have a life on its own. That's actually a really healthy way of looking at it, but I hope you two both enjoy all of this as well because it's a big deal. Yes. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. You can catch Vanessa and Razan in The Sandman. It is on Netflix now. This is a new music spotlight. On the Bellissimo Files. On the Bellissimo Files. I'm like a child who has said, please, please, 
please, I've got it now. Let me play with it. There's nothing like the pressure of radio where you're told, just keep talking. <laughs> but that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be talking all new music with you. I am very, very excited about this collab. It has been a long, long time coming. We finally have a track from Joel Carey and Becky Hill. This is called History. love that and anytime you play me Becky Hill I don't know if I'm doing her a disservice saying this but I don't understand why she's not bigger I know, I know. I think amazing. I think she's getting there this year, and she did just do Love Island as well, which tends to always kick off people's careers. It did it to Joe Curry a few years ago, so hopefully this is her moment. I would have always thought Joel Curry and Becky Hill had a track together already but this is their first ever and they keep they've actually said that a lot they're like everyone keeps saying did you not do something before <laughs> but that is their first and um, what I love is Joel Curry actually came out and said he's always dreamed of working with Becky Hill he used to support her on her gigs and at one day accosted her at the top of the stairs to be like please can we make a song together and it's finally happened no way isn't that so nice yeah and do you know what always shocks me as well with Joel Curry and I think I say this every time you bring him into the music. <laughs> How did he start on Geordie, Geordie Shaw? He was yeah. from Geordie Shaw, wasn't now, he? No, in fairness, he was a DJ on that as well. So it's not like okay. he went from being reality star to DJ. He was the DJ in Geordie Shaw too. But yeah, no, I, you know I'm a big Joel Curry fan. But what I love about this is it sounds like a Joel Curry song, but it also sounds like a Becky Hill song. It does, it's the perfect it? mix. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully this is the first of many. Yes. So that is up for your Bellissimo Files track of the week. I'm sure you're going to love this next one too, because I know everybody is a big fan of KSI. He has teamed up with the lovely Tom Grennan. This is called Not Over Yet. Hold up, let me get my story straight. It hit me like a tidal wave. Won't you give me just another day to tell myself it's not over yet? So I have to admit, KSI wouldn't be hugely on my radar for music, but I think he is so funny. I love watching him on TikTok and the different clips of the different things he does on TikTok. He is hilarious. And I have to give him credit. I really, really love this track. It's given me very rudimental vibes. It does. Yeah. And, and can I just say best laugh out there, KSI. Yes. Yeah. You loved when you chatted to him a couple of months ago. <laughs> And all he did was laughed, and when he laughed, I just kept laughing. Yeah, he has one of those laughters that just fills a room. Um, was it uh, Don't Play? Was that the yeah, song with, we had him on chatting about with, with Anne Marie and Digital Farm Animals? That was yeah. the oddest. Actually, if you want to watch that interview, <laughs> that is up on our website, spin1038.com. Now, they're the two up for the single of the week. Yes. You know what to do. Head over to our Insta stories at official spin1038. While you're voting, you've got a couple more. Yeah, so these are a group of people who have collaborated together quite a bit. Um, um, and I'm really happy to see them do something as a trio. This is the new one from DJ Khaled and it features Drake and Lil Baby. It's called Staying Alive. Baby gonna hit it and send it to me. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna hit it and send it to baby. That's how I get when this life get too crazy. Oh, oh, for real, for real. Oh, they trying to seal the deal. See me up under the sheet parade in the streets. Yeah. Try me a hundred times. Wanted me to lie, wanted me to cry, wanted me to die. 
Um, I don't know, Reef. I felt like I was falling asleep to that one. I think people who are fans of DJ Khaled and Drake and Lil Baby will really like that. Okay. That's what I'm going to say <laughs> on that one. <laughs> okay, well then, let's go straight to the thing that both you and I like. Come on! Are you ready? Eva's dance track of the week. Just clap your hands to the beat. <laughs> Aoife, I always look forward to this moment. Yeah, and I have to admit, I actually owe this dance track to my other half, Chris, uh, this week. He, he brought me this track. It actually broke at Glastonbury this year, but it has been doing the rounds on TikTok. And if you haven't heard it on TikTok yet, you will be very soon. This is from Eliza Rose, and it's called Baddest of Them All. I know, I know. I'm absolutely loving that one. Uh, Eliza Rose has been doing the rounds for a couple of years as a DJ, but she feels like this is the track that's made her lose her imposter syndrome and feel like an actual DJ. Oh, good on you, Eliza. Make sure you check out the music video as well. It's um, Eliza Rose. It's B-O-T-A, baddest of them all. The music video is really cool. Okay, I'll be doing that when we come off air. And I wish we could have played that out as a single of the week. <laughs> but I'm not too disappointed because Aoife, it's a good one. I know, I'm so happy you voted for this one. This is the new one from Joel Carey and Becky Hill. Voted for by you. It is history on the Blissmill Files. We got so much history. that your bliss my file single of the week it's joel Corey, becky hill history i love that new one and don't forget if you want to catch that and any of the new music i mentioned and more head over to our website spin1038.com or our app and you can get the fresh hits playlist over there and if you missed any of the interviews or if you want to watch them back in video form you can do so up on our website as well spin1038.com Aoife and I are getting a little bit giddy because <laughs> we won't be around for the next couple of weeks. We're on leave, um, but we will be back in a couple of weeks' time with some big names that I can't talk about right now. Yet. Oh, my God, I did <laughs> that, that person. <laughs> One thing I can talk about is Jess is up next on Spin. Enjoy your weekend. Bye. Three, two, one. Let's go. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On Spin.